My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Welcome back to another episode of My Life Now. Once again, my name is Dallas here. We have another incredible author joining us today, Fred Dodini. Fred, such a pleasure to have you here today. How are you? Oh, it's great to be here. I'm looking forward to this. It's exciting. Yeah, and you were telling me a little bit before we started recording here that you were located in Indiana. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, a suburb of Indianapolis. Um, I went to grad school at Purdue, got my PhD there in marriage and family therapy. So uh, got familiar with Indiana, and um, we decided it's not a bad place. We uh, we have a large <laughs> family. We have 10 children, so they're spread out from wow. coast to coast. And so more of them are, are east of the Continental Divide than west, so we decided to come back this direction. So. Ten kids. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I have one so far, and I'm I'm not sure if I can do it more anymore. Oh, hey, that's tons of fun. We had a family reunion last summer, and uh, so we got 34 grandchildren. So it's it's a it's a big group, and it's tons of that's fun. Awesome. So yeah, and so now you're an author writing books for your grandchildren and your children. That's absolutely well. It's one of the reasons <laughs> I put it together. I figure I'm in a time in my life where I need to leave least some kind of a legacy for mm-hmm. children, grandchildren, great grandchildren, whatever. And um, and uh, so yeah, I've been kind of working on this the concept for quite a while prior to actually sitting down and starting to write the book. Yeah, and so today, just for our audience to know, we are talking about your book called "Shine Brighter: Choosing a Life of Greater Clarity, Purpose, and Joy." And I think that's definitely something we need in 2024: greater clarity, greater purpose, and greater joy. I mean, those are the things that are important Absolutely. nowadays, right? And so if we could just go into a journey, what led you to start this book outside of writing for your family, of course? You know, I I have a concept. I mean, it it, it obviously comes from, you know, Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 talks about the resurrection and he uses the sun, moon and stars. So I was familiar with that. But um, um, after I finished my doctorate, I went to work for an outdoor behavioral health wilderness program, Mm -hmm. right, for teenagers and, and, and young adults who were struggling with all kinds of issues. So they would spend the entire six weeks of the program out living very primitively in the wilderness, wow. um, which is a good place to think. Wow. And um, the the program, it was very nurturing. It was not like a boot camp mentality at all. It was the staff were just great and they really wanted to bond and create relationships with these kids. So um, we were always looking for something from the natural world, from their experience out of nature that we could use as a, as a teaching opportunity metaphor. They would stick with them. And a lot of the tradition, a lot of the, the things we taught them to do, like how to make fire with a bow drill set, like the you know native cultures do. Um, it wasn't just about making fire. We would use it as a metaphor for what does fire do? Well, it cleanses, it purifies. Hmm. So when we're trying to get them to learn how to you know use a bow drill set so they can cook their food, we talk about the cleansing properties of fire and that we call it busting a coal. That's what happens when you use a bow drill set. You make a little ember that you put into a tinder hmm. bundle. And so after they learned the skill, we talk about what it would be like to bust a coal in your heart, to burn away some of the anger, the Mm -hmm. resentment, the fear, um, some of the trauma that some of these kids had dealt with from their past. 
how can we leave that uh, how can you leave that behind in in your life and move forward making good choices wow. so <clears throat> part of their experience every day is their hiking and and all that stuff was was overhead and um i remember a particular conversation i had with a 17 year old boy from i think he was from beverly hills wealthy family right mom was totally into rodeo drive and the beverly hills culture and all that sort of stuff and this this boy he rejected it all he thought it was all trivial and superficial and not important so wasn't doing well in school smoking a lot of weed as i recall and uh not not easy one to get a conversation started with so i just sat down with him one time on a you know on top of a hill mountains in, in northern arizona and I said, you know, we're not here to tell you how to live your life. You got enough people doing that. I just want you to know what your options are. And I said, there are three options. You can be a sun person, a moon person, or a star person. And he looked at me kind of sideways, you know, like, what are you talking about? And I said, look up. What do you see? He said, I see the sun. Okay, so what? I said, what does it do? It provides light. Yeah. Provides heat, warmth, right? Provides nutrition. Vitamin D comes from sunlight. We need it for plants to grow, so we have food to eat. We need it for photosynthesis, so we have oxygen to breathe. You know, we couldn't live. Life wouldn't exist on this planet without the sun. And the sun uses its mass to create a gravitational relationship with the earth that guides its orbit. Mm -hmm. The earth is just the right distance from the sun for life to exist and thrive on this planet. So the sun exists to serve the earth, not the other way around. Hmm. And I asked him, you know, do you know when he's sun people because what are sun people like well they provide light in the form of wisdom knowledge life experience they provide warmth in the form of compassion and love they provide nutrition in the form of service to the bodies the minds the spirits of all those around them and they use their power their wealth their education their positions of prominence and influence in the world to guide other people's lives toward the same good things toward light and truth and I said, do you know any sun people? And he said, yeah. And I asked him, how do you feel when you're around them? He said, he, he waited for him a second. He said, you know, I, I feel I matter. I'm a person. These people see me as a person of value. And 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 uh, it makes me feel good about who I am, and what my potential is. I said, yeah. You know, how often do you see people like that who have all the, all the wealth, the privilege, the power in the world, focusing on service to the weakest? those who are struggling the most in life. And I said, that's what sun people do. They bring out the best in others. They, they, their life is a life of service. And uh, you know those people when you meet them. Introducing the enchanting Faith Grow Children series by Jay Koatek. Dive into timeless tales of Bible heroes and heroines, where faith, friendship, and kindness light the way. Join us on an adventure through vibrant landscapes with captivating stories and colorful illustrations. These books inspire the best in young hearts. Start your journey today. Find yours by searching Faith Grow Children series on Amazon today. Young But With a Purpose is a global youth movement centered on cultivating the spiritual heart, moving you from a place of boredom to a deeper place with God through fascination with Jesus Christ. Moving from boredom to God's purpose prepares you to be used to expand the kingdom of God. Find more information at www.ybwap.org. That is www.ybwap.org. 
and then I say, what about the moon? What do we know about the moon? Yeah, I gotta know. I now Well, I have to know about the rest. You're like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, dang, the moon look is at that. always half in the light, half in the dark, right? It doesn't produce its own light, so just what's reflected from the sun. So I said, yeah. So that means uh, one side of the moon faces the sun. It's lit up. The other side faces away, so it's always in the dark. And then something unusual happens every now and then. where you have a full moon in the night sky. And then all of a sudden it starts to wane, it starts to get smaller and smaller and smaller until the moon is totally in the dark. And then gradually it starts to relight again. The whole process takes what, an hour or two? And I said, you know what causes that? He said, yeah, <laughs> it's a lunar eclipse. And I said, really, what happens? The rotation of the earth, its orbit passes right between the sun and the moon and the earth blocks the light of the sun from reaching the moon. I said, isn't that amazing? We have a reminder in the night sky of what happens to people who let the world get in the way, Wow. whose focus is on temporal things. So their lights are, I bet that their connected lives are, with him real nice. oh yeah. And, and he immediately knew what I was talking about. Uh, and so I said, moon people, their lights are part good, part evil, part, part, part truth, part error, part in the light, part in the dark. And the more they let the world get in the way, the more it blocks the light of the sun from reaching them, the less light, the less truth, the less, all the good things that the sun does and provides is blocked. And I said, moon people are the same way. They let the world become too important. That's where their focus is. So it's not on others. It's not on serving others. It's on them. They want wealth. They want popularity. They want prestige. They want, you know, entertainment. They want all the stuff that the world provides. But we, 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 we leave it all behind when we die. So what's the point, Right. right? And I said, do you know any moon people? And he laughed. He said, yeah, I live with them. Yeah, and I said, okay, well, you know what that feels like in your family. You experience it. And uh, and then I said, what about stars? They're just a tiny pinpoint of light in the night sky. They're so far away, they provide very little light and no warmth. And so star people, what little light, what little goodness they may have, they don't value. They don't magnify it. They certainly don't have enough to share with other people. There's no love. There's no warmth in their lives. What they want is power. They want control. And they will do anything to get it. Star people lie all the time. I mean, you can never trust them. They only tell the truth when it benefits them for some reason, right? And they're constantly trying to get other people to do what they want them to do, to control the lives of other people. You know, you could someone someone we all well we know comes to mind immediately when you think of Lucifer. That's what he's all about. It's about darkness. It's about right. controlling and enslaving other people. And uh and I said, that's yeah, um, that's what that's what star people do. You can't trust them. They'll they'll kill you if that's what it takes to get what they want. And I asked him, Have you ever met any star people? He said, Yeah, you do not want to be around those people because they will hurt you. And I said, Yeah, I've 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 seen that. You know, I had a career in the music business years ago when I first got out of college and I, I toured for about eight years and, you know, I had to deal with people, people in the mafia who threatened to kill me. I mean, there's all kinds of, yeah. of stuff going on in the world. And, uh, and, and I, I, I knew very quickly what sun, moon and star look, people look like and how they differ just from some of those experiences years ago. So I just said to him, you know, I, I'm not going to tell you what the choice has to be for you. I said, your parents can't make that decision for you either. And even God is not going to tell you what you have to do. That mm -hmm. is your decision. But these are your options. Think about it. Every day you're out here on the wilderness, you're going to have a lot of time to think about the life outside. The world you experience back home is not the real world. It's here. And we would tell them, 
how do you bring your wilderness experience back to the wilderness of the world, we called it, right? Because the world is a wilderness in a lot of ways when you look at it. And um, and so it's funny because as I as I ended our conversation, I turned to leave. I said, you know, uh, by the way, for the rest of your life, every time you look up in the sky, you're going to remember this conversation. Yeah. He laughed and said, dude, you're totally in my head now. <laughs> California. Yeah. This is back in what, 2004, I guess. So anyway, so that was the idea. And that kind of opened up the dialogue. We got along fine after that. And we had some really good conversations. And so I, I, that was really when I really began to think seriously about the book, because I thought a lot of people don't know what their options are. They may grow up in a sun environment, a moon environment, or a star environment. They may not even know what, what a happier life looks like. So if you want to shine brighter, focus on the things that produce more light, more warmth, more truth, more goodness in the world. And sun people are the source of that. Find them. Seek them out. They're there. Um, they're not in the majority, unfortunately, in the world today. But when you meet one, you never forget them because they yeah. do have a lasting effect, really an, an impact on your life. And so so that's when I began I began writing the book. And uh, the first chapter kind of introduces that concept that there are three kinds of people in the world. And that's kind of a wisdom tradition in a lot of other religions as well, Buddhism, Islam. Um, a lot of them have three levels, you know, in, mm -hmm. in people's spiritual and moral progress. So, so I thought it was a good model that could resonate with other people. And even people who have no faith, I've, I've, I've shared this model in my, in my counseling, you know, practice with hundreds of people and mm -hmm. even people with no kind of faith background still see the significance of the metaphor that these are my choices in life. And I get to decide my eternal destiny based on the choices I make every day right. of my life. I love it. And so, I love the concept here. It, it's so re relatable. It's so practical. And you're using the things that God has given us just to, hey, look, exactly. at, us. Like, look up at the moon, look at the stars. Who are and, you? And you, know, you? It comes back yeah, to that you, identity you, thing. I love it. And the reminder is there, literally on a daily basis. I really mm -hmm. think that God is, you know, the design of the universe is not by chance. Right. And in our little solar system here, in our little part of the of, of creation, we have something in the sky that is there, I think, is put there to remind us of the choices we make and what our options are in life. And so the book talks about, um, you know, there are three kinds of people, sun, moon, star people, as individuals, spouses, parents, and citizens in a community. So uh, each chapter, you know, deals with some aspect of that. So the, the chapter about individuals, I just, I share a lot of stories of people I've met over the years whose lives reflected sun, moon, or star thinking and behavior. Um, I, I think stories and metaphors are the best way to teach. Certainly Jesus used them very effectively. And uh, and they stick with people. They stick in your memory. For some reason, we're able to remember stories better than we are, you know, a, a grocery shopping list or whatever. And um, and so we talk about that. Some of some experiences from my from my life as well. Um, you know, I studied for the priesthood when I was a kid. I, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and and uh, had some great experiences along the line. But it also it also whetted my appetite to know more, more than just you know what I had been taught growing up. So so I consider myself a lifelong learner when it comes to this. I think spiritual knowledge is really the focus uh, should be the focus of our lives in a lot of ways. And so we talk about that, um, three kinds of, of, of spouses. I, I work a lot of my practices with couples and families. And I have a model in the book, I call it the house model. Um, 
there's a picture from the book. It's just you know, a house with a, a, a picket fence. You have the front gate, the front porch, the living room, the kitchen, and the bedroom. And so I use that as a metaphor for how our relationships develop from the time we meet people. Each level in the house represents a higher levels of intimacy and trust, higher levels of vulnerability. And good, healthy marriage relationships move, hopefully, all the way, step by step, gradually in that process, we're seeking that highest level of, in human relationships, what I refer to as the bedroom level. Mm -hmm. Whether there's total openness and transparency, we, we share everything. And um, high level of vulnerability because those people know more about us than anybody else would. And they could, they could harm us with that information mm -hmm. if they chose to. But because they've demonstrated their loyalty and their commitment to the relationship repeatedly over time, as we go from each step, from the front gate to the front porch, living room, kitchen, bed, that, um, that, that the intimacy and trust is also at its highest level. Um, and then I actually have a level above that. Uh, I particularly share with people of faith because uh, heaven is at the top, mm. right? So how does that relate? Well, C.S. Lewis once said, um, or wrote, I guess, um, if you aim at heaven, you get the earth thrown in. If you aim at the earth, you get neither. And so I use that as an opportunity. If we are if we are applying sun principles in our relationships with God, we will get the benefit of it will also create sun relationships with people. Those are the two great commandments, right? Love God, mm -hmm. love your neighbor. And so if you understand and apply sun principles, and a lot of the book is, is focused on explaining what those are, and what they look like, how they apply in our lives, mm. our relationships will improve. We will develop that kind of strong, intimate, attached relationship with one another, especially with our spouse and families. And that's also a reflection of the, the quality of our relationship with God, mm. because there is no higher level of vulnerability. Our, we, we have focused our, our entire eternal salvation and destiny on one person. Mm -hmm. One person. I can't think of anything more, more vulnerable than that. Right. But, but that's, that's what we as Christians have done. And, mm -hmm. and we trust in that relationship. Why? Because we've gotten to know God. We've got to know mm -hmm. the Savior through our studies of the scriptures and our personal prayers and our interactions and the spiritual promptings right. that come to us all. And so, yeah, our relationship with God moves the same way. We meet at the front gate, right? Wow. He invites us onto the property, to the front porch, where we have conversations, mm -hmm. and then into the house, the living room, the kitchen. So our relationships with God progress pretty much the same way. Um, wow. Every relationship in this way, right? Every it does, yeah. Even with God. All the same principles, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I go into talking about three kinds of citizens, which is focused uh, to some degree on the different kind of political systems and what sun, moon, and star political systems look like, how they affect us. Um, I deal with the issue of money because, you know, we are in relationships with others. That's what citizens do. And so how we, how we view and how we deal with money, um, I think is an important part of our role as, as citizens, looking out for the welfare of others. Being a sun person means we share our resources and money is one of those primary resources. So I, I, I wrote about, uh, there's a, a production cooperative that started in Spain in the, in the community of Mondragon, northern Spain. It's a Basque community that was pretty much destroyed in the 1940s during the Spanish Civil War. And a priest came into that area soon afterwards, and he really wanted to help rebuild the economy and get the people self-reliant, because Basque mm -hmm. people are really that way. 
So he started a school and he invited everyone, including women, which was unheard of, to come to this, this school and learn basic skills and, and that sort of stuff. And then he got together with five uh, young men who graduated from that program and they created a program called Ulgor, which was the first production cooperative in, in the world in the 20th century. From that, it has grown. It's all over the world. It's in like 18 countries, you know, billions of dollars in income. And it's if you know how a, how a cooperative works, you you buy a share in that cooperative business that you work for and you own a portion of it. So that that concept of, of uh, employee ownership has grown a lot over the over the, the decades. Um, I remember Ronald Reagan talked about the concept of, of cooperative of employee ownership, that that was the next step with uh, with a free people, with capitalism. And we're seeing that U.S. Steel, I think, is a is a monitoring cooperative. Um, there's a, a solar energy company in Ohio. There's a, a bakery uh, organization in San Francisco. So the concept is 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 growing. And, it, and it's based on the idea that we're not just looking out for ourselves as individuals, we're looking out mm -hmm. for our community. So it's a kind of, it's it, it's part capitalism, part, I wouldn't call it socialism, part stewardship, I guess, where we feel a responsibility to one another. And um, I, I just think it's the solution to a lot of our economic woes. Um, and I kind of, you know, share some accounts of that sort of thing. So, um, um, and I talked about, a, there was a, a well-known speech that was given by, um, Alexander Solzhenitsyn in 1978, it, uh, it was at the 327th commencement exercise for Harvard University. And he gave a speech called The World Split Apart. And I quoted him quite a bit because um, he brought us some really important issues and the direction that civilization was headed in in the Western world. And his concern that we were we were headed down the same track that Russia had and and Europe and other, you know, some countries that was really leading us away from the core values and things we need to learn. And um, let's see, I've got a quote here that I think is particularly relevant. Because um, as you know, he was, a, he was a deeply religious man. He said, uh, we have placed too much hope in political and social reforms, only to find out that what we, have be, what we are being deprived of, our most precious possession is our spiritual life. And he warned about a, a, a lot of the the stuff in the media, you know, the violence, the immorality, the, the gore. And that was in 1978. I mean, if he could see what's going on in the media yeah. today, he would be absolutely shocked. And, um, you know, and he acknowledged this has to be a voluntary thing. It, coercion and force does not work. That's why socialism, communism, and all that stuff works. It denies a, a key element of human nature, mm -hmm. uh, that we are born to be free, we we are given our moral agency by God, and we're here to make choices, and to choose our path in life and our our eternal destiny. Yeah, and so that's that's kind of I guess the message of the book is that we really need to take a closer look at the way we're living our lives as individuals, as families, as societies. Mm -hmm. Sun principles. That's the way to live. Throughout history, it has produced the best outcomes for civilization. And and I just want to remind people of what that looks like mm -hmm. in their personal lives, in their family lives, and in their relationships as citizens in their communities. We yeah, need more I, sun. People. I love it. I really appreciate your concept because whether you're a religious person or not that's listening today, you can still apply these yeah. principles 
And I waited, I love the way that you bring in the kingdom of God in it as well. Like there is this yeah. goodness, but there's something more. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all these things yeah. will be added for you, right? All those things that you're saying. Yeah. Today. There's kind of a, there's kind of a hidden message in the book. Mm -hmm. I see that. That's what I really appreciate it. Is that hidden message? Well, the, one particular one um, throughout the book, when I talk about sun, sun, moon, and stars, I always spell sun the same way. S-U-N, right? Mm. There's only one place in the book where I don't. There's one the place sun. where I spell it differently. <laughs> and so people who are paying attention, because I, I make a lot of, you know, references to spiritual values and experiences, but mm. I also bring in, you know, science and philosophy and, 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 uh, and other things too, for, especially for the people that don't necessarily have any kind of spiritual mm -hmm. background. But um, yeah, so uh, I encourage people who have read the book and they come to that, they often ask, why did you spell it differently at this one place in the book? And I say, because I want you to go back and read the book again. Mm. And the next time you read it, just have a pencil handy. Every time you come across the word S-U-N, just draw a line through it and write S-O-N above it. And you'll be reading a totally different book. That's wow. when the real deeper meaning will finally sink in. So I'm hoping people will catch that on their own. But um, For our know, audience that are listening not, today, when they purchase the book, yeah, they will that's see it. I'm not going to tell you where it is, but they'll, <laughs> good, they'll, good. when yeah. they see it, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So I have one more question for you. What would be your advice today for those listening that may find themselves, maybe I am a, sun, a moon person, or maybe I am a star person. Yeah. What would be your advice to them to become, to shine brighter, right? To be a sun person. And that's it. I, I the first place I, they want, you want to look around. You want to find sun people in your environment. Mm -hmm. Get to get acquainted, study them, learn from them, right? We all need mentors in life. And certain the scriptures provide lots of examples of, of, of people who have gone from a star existence to a sun existence. Mm -hmm. You know, Paul comes to mind, and there are a few others I can think of too. And so first you got to kind of submerge yourself in the concept. What does sun living look like? I provide light, warmth, nutrition, and positive guidance and influence to those around me. Mm -hmm. So first you got to look for truth. You got to look for light. And that alone is a, is a huge undertaking for a lot of people. There's so much untruth and misinformation in the world. A lot of people are struggling to know even where to go to mm -hmm. find light and truth. Yeah. And so you find the people That's who weird. seem to have the most of it. Your book comes in. I love this whole concept. And I love how your career kind of plays into the role. Your fatherhood kind of plays into the role. And all these things, your experiences play into this book. And that's the books that we want to yeah. read. Those are the types of books that are not just, oh, I just wrote this one day in my bathroom. No, this is what I live. It's part no. of my life. And so thank it, you it for, is. for writing just, this. Writing the book for me was mm -hmm. a real transformative experience because it made me think a lot deeper about my own beliefs and mm -hmm. am I living up to them? Is Am I producing more light and truth in my life? And is that you know influencing others' lives for the better? And um, that, you know, that to me, I think we all have to go through that, that deep dive into ourselves at some point in life yeah. um and, and really assess and that's kind of what the book is intended for it's not a criticism of star people it's just a pretty clear explanation of mm -hmm. what they look like hey, and you need to step it up <laughs> yeah and i and i say in the book i say you know i want to validate sun people there's not mm -hmm. enough of us right we need more sun people but i say it's also an invitation to moon people to seek for greater light but it's also a warning to star people. If you keep going into the darkness and pulling other people in, in there with right. you, 
there is a day of accountability. Mm -hmm. And you, you, yeah, it's not going to be a fun day when that time, when that moment comes. And we will all be held accountable for the choices we make in life. Let's choose wisely. Choose mm -hmm. the sun. And Fred, do you have any more books in your mind or, or working on that you want to release here in the near future? Or this is it, one and done? You know, I have, I do. Um, I, one of my clients, really nice guy, terribly insecure, right? He did uh, uh, construction bids for roofing, for a commercial roofing organization. And he was, he was, he was constantly afraid he was going to get fired. So we, I kept talking to him and say, okay, run me through the process. How do you put together a bid? Well, I go here and I go there and I get this information on the cost of materials and I do this and this and this and this and this. And I said, have you ever had a problem with that? He said, anytime I have a problem, I go to the boss and he sits with down with me and we go through the bid and he makes corrections as needed. So I said, okay, so what you're telling me is when the time comes, you know what to do. That's the title for the next book. <laughs> when, the, when, the time when, the, comes. when the time comes, you'll know what to do. How? Because he had already immersed himself in his field. He knew he had the information and he knew where to go to get more information. Right. So I just try to build his confidence. You, you, you're going to, you can handle this. If a problem comes up, you know, you know where to go to find the mm -hmm. answers. You know who the people are, the sun people in your life who can help you figure things out. I want you to have confidence that you have the ability to succeed. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the people I work with are in the depths of depression and anxiety. They're victims of terrible trauma, some of them. I just want them to believe in themselves enough to believe there is hope. There is light. Mm -hmm. And it, you got to go, you got to pursue it. You got to look for it. But it's there. Yeah. Wonderful. Fred, thank you so much. You're a great person to have on the yeah. podcast because you already know everything that you need to say. I don't even have to ask any questions. You just, just oh, tell hey. everything. So thank you. Thank you. You make my job. I get, I get a chance today. to use the concept a lot in my practice. So I'm yeah, pretty familiar I can tell, with it. I can tell that this is something that's very, very normal for you to talk about. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. I, I get excited talking about it because I, I, I care about people and I, I just want to provide something that helps everybody, as you said, step up into the light, find, find clarity, find purpose, find direction yeah. in their lives. Wonderful. And if you can tell our audience, where can they find this book? And one more time, what is the full title as well? Okay. The title is Shine Brighter, Choosing a Life of Greater Clarity, Purpose, and Joy. Um, it's available on all the online booksellers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all those. Um, I just got out of the studio last week. We're working on the audio book that should yes. be out soon because I can't even get my own kids to read the book because... <laughs> They all listen yeah. to audiobooks these days. They're busy, you know. And uh, so I realized, okay, yeah, yeah. Printed version, even even the ebooks, um, people aren't 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 leaning that direction. So so hopefully the audiobook will be available soon as well. Wonderful. And we hope to have you back on the podcast for the next book as well. That would be an honor. Look forward to it. I invite, I mean, I look forward to any kind of speaking opportunities uh, I have so I can, you know, get the concepts in front of people and mm -hmm. And it gives me a chance to ask for feedback and, you know, ask them how, the, how these principles would apply in their life, what their particular circumstances are. That just helps me, you know, tweak it so I can help relate to other people as well. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you again for your time. One more time for our audience. Your book is available in the links below. They can purchase the book, rate the book, because that also helps our authors a lot when you give those um, reviews. Absolutely. Please do that. Yeah. And so, Fred, we hope to see you on the next episode. This is My Life Now. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dallas. Really appreciate the opportunity. 
thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.